umgoblue.com. By fans, for fans, since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Clint Derringer. On the last episode of the umgoblue.com Michigan Football Spectacular, Jim Harbaugh warns his team on the dangers of losing focus. Lest, lest a team will be uh, painfully humbled. And told his team what they need to do to respond to their stunning loss versus their in-state rival. My approach, I mean, very, very similar to, uh, you know, a fighter getting knocked, getting knocked down. You know, you get up, referee wipes the, wipes your gloves, and uh, and you come back even, even more determined, um, with even more resolve uh, to prepare, to work harder, um, to find a way, to finish, and to win. And Blake Corum vowed that Michigan will learn from their setback. Sometimes you have to battle adversity, and uh, adversity can be good sometimes. So, um, you know, we just had to fix some things up. Next, on the umgoblue.com Michigan football season spectacular, episode five, Michigan versus everybody. The Big Ten responds to Jim Harbaugh's questions about officiating during the team's loss to Michigan State. Yeah, as 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 we all all expected, all all saw, mistakes were made. That was a response. Yeah, they made a mistake. They made a mistake on that call. Yeah, and and others. So they said they made mistakes on other calls. Yes. Okay. Can't be any more clear than that. Huh? There were a lot of calls. That's why I wasn't sure. Which yeah, there were. <laughs> Michigan gets back on track and looks forward to a huge game on the road versus Penn State. And Michigan is still ranked, you know, in the top 10. And Penn State is, you know, gearing up. So this. It's interesting coming into the game because, in retrospect, I would say that the Penn State game was really the flex or the pivot for the entire season, right? Coming into that game, if another Big Ten loss would have just scuttled anything, right? And heading on the road, um, the weather was not great. Um, You know, certainly not horrible conditions, but it, it, it was suboptimal. And you have a game where we've talked about flow before, right? And, you know, when you've seen a lot of football games, you kind of get an impression for how things are going. You know, when you're on the road, when the crowd's against you, when you're maybe you're not playing your best. And when I was watching this Penn State game, it really struck me as one of those games where it was it was there, it was there, it was there, and then it started to slip away, right? Where you had a situation where Michigan was up and but hardly dominant, and they had that huge chance to to let it slip away. And and I remember 
sitting and watching the game, and as Michigan was, you know, struggling to come back in that fourth quarter, you had the impression that, you know, the whole season was kind of riding on that last drive where they came down and scored. And Clint, what were your thoughts watching that game? It was one of the more nerve-wracking games of the season for sure. Um, and I think a lot of that is about the environment and playing on the road in Happy Valley. It's it's another place that reminds me very much of the recent history against Wisconsin where the, the home team just had a huge advantage um, recently in, in that series. And this one was no different. In 2019, uh, Michigan was right in the game after a terrible start. And then that was the game where, where Ronnie Bell um, couldn't haul in that last touchdown to tie the game at the end of the game. And then 2017, two years before that, was when Saquon Barkley just ran wild, right? And then those games in the interim in the big house, 2016 and 2018, were monster blowout wins for Michigan. So the the home team just had a, a, such a clear advantage here um, that going into the game, it was actually uh, – the line in Vegas was a pick uh, even though Penn State had four losses at the time, was three and four in the Big Ten at this time. Uh, Michigan, at the same time, was, um, you know, picked to be right on, on par there with this team at, at nine and one or six and one in the conference. So that tells you how much, you know, impact the, the environment, the crowd, and uh, the traveling to, to Happy Valley has on the performance and, and to show really what the challenge was. Again, it was, it was much more of a psychological and, and, and uh, execution challenge as it was uh, X's and O's and planning and scheming where I, you know, I, I always think that Jim Harbaugh and his staff have a, a scheme advantage over Penn State and James Franklin, but uh, – Typically in, in Happy Valley, uh, these games stay very close, and it's a matter of whether you can execute in the big spots. Um, kind of the microcosm of that conversation we've had multiple times where you need leaders to step up in the big moments. And, and finally in this game, in one of the biggest moments and maybe the pivotal moment of the season, like you said, uh, you get a, a player from Michigan and Eric All that steps up and makes a huge play. It was expected to be a really tight battle. You know, here you are at halftime. It's 7-6 to six Michigan. And, again, really tight contest. Michigan comes out in third quarter, scores a touchdown, 14-6. to six. And you had, I had the feeling being there, okay, so understand that it's 14-6. to six. You're midway, you know, well, you're, you're a good portion into the fourth quarter, and you're like, okay, Michigan's going to hold on here. One more touchdown, and they can really put this out of reach. Well, you know, Penn State comes down, scores, makes it 14-14, right? The 7.35 mark of the fourth quarter. Then two minutes later, they kick a field goal, and they're up 17-14. And you go from, hey, Michigan's a score away from kind of putting this away to, oh, my gosh, we're losing 17-14, to and there's, you know, about five minutes left. And I think what was really amazing about watching this team was it, it, it reminded me of, Hey, 
you know, two weeks ago, we were on the road at Michigan State. We were doing really well, and, and it slipped away, right? And you had that feeling here. How was Michigan going to respond? And, and one of the big differences, like up in Michigan State, even though it's a pro Spartan crowd, you did have a lot of Michigan fans there because it's an in-state game, right? Penn State is not the easiest road game to go to. It was a pro Nittany Lion crowd. You know, everything was kind of gearing up against Michigan. And then you just had this really remarkable play. Um, Cade McNamara, you know, hits Eric All for the 47-yard touchdown. And like I said, it, it's to me, that was the whole pivot point of the season right there. If Michigan loses to, you know, let's face it, a, a Penn State team that's having a really disappointing season, it's it really, you know, the Big Ten is gone. The college football playoffs are gone. Um, you know, any any positive momentum that you had from earlier in the season kind of evaporates. And everything was there, right? You know, about, you know, three minutes, 45 seconds. And, you know, we have some great clips of, of Eric all talking about the play. Eric, how close were you to not playing? Were you a game time decision or did you know you were going to go? Um... All week I practiced all week. Yeah, um, it felt it was hurting, and I was probably about like eighty percent on it. And uh, before today, I woke up it was kind of sore. I mean, today this morning I woke up it was kind of sore, and um, just wanted to get out there pregame, see how it felt, work through it, and it felt it felt good. Adrenaline took care of the rest. So, yeah. On the touchdown, did you have an inkling that that might play might be able to go all the way? Uh, when I caught it and cut cut up, like my ankle kind of tweaked, and it was. I was pretty worried about like being able to be fast enough to get to get there, but it was wide open and I feel like anybody could have made the play inside of me. Actually, one of the plays, number thirteen, he uh, told me, he said, "Yeah, we, we, know, we know about, we know what you was, we know, we've been scouting you. We know, we know your ankle and this stuff. You ain't going nowhere, like trying to get in my head." Eric, when you caught that pass, were you surprised with how much wide open room there was on the field? I was, I was. To an extent, because before the play, um, I seen that there was nobody over there, like scanning the field. And I seen that there was that it was going to be open, but when I turned, I didn't think it was going to be that open. Like there was nobody there. But. How does that not get in your head? And also, what were you feeling on that touchdown run? I mean, what was the, like the pain I was feeling? Um, really, like I'm at a point in my injury where like it hurts, like when I'm running, like on the back side. And like, like, like when I'm like following through, and I just kept feeling it. I'm like, ah. but um, not nah, the the talking and stuff that never gets in my head. That that type of stuff just like amps me up and adds a little adrenaline and a little thrive, extra thrive. One of the things that was really cool for umgoblue.com is that we had two photographers on the field, and if you were watching the game on TV. Um, you saw one of our photographers was right in the corner of that end zone. So we're going to hear about that play and everything that they saw and how they felt being there in the moment. So um, our primary photographer, Del Callahan, has been shooting for us for many years. And uh, Del, talk about where you were and what you saw and how you were feeling. From my perspective, I was kind of gutted because Haskins had been in the, been in the game for a five straight plays. And he was really carrying us, I thought. He was getting two yards here, two yards there. And no matter how tired he was, 
I felt like he just can't come out of the game. Because when he came out of the game, I felt like, what are we going to do now? We don't have quorum, and Haskins has really been making it happen. What's it like watching Hassan Haskins when he's running through guys and picking up yards after contact? Uh, it's, it's incredible. He saved my butt a few times. So <laughs> any time when a running back is, is breaking tackles and making plays out of nothing, it's just incredible to watch. Man, runs hard and plays with, plays with pride. Eric, just a follow-up to that. When he's carrying it again and again and carrying guys on his back, does he, when he gets up off the ground, does he say anything? Does he ever seem tired? Does, <laughs> that man, he's just an animal. Remember one play, it was like he got the ball like, like a lot, a lot of times, and um, I ended up on the ground on my back. I see H two; he's helping me up. <laughs> I'm like, this man's just an animal. And we're down by three, and a field goal's not even looking that promising because we're just not moving the ball. And all of a sudden, we get a a, a good, better, best scenario. Um, just hoping for a first down. That's the good. And then it just, I mean, pandemonium, I guess you could say, like, you can't believe what just happened because it was kind of improbable, I would say. Just hoping to get a first down and to go 50 yards on one play. Spectacular. And then where were you when that play happened? So that play happened... It, it couldn't have been, I could not have been in a better spot than I was. Um, Eric all pretty much ran the ball straight at me. And there's a picture on the webpage, um, UM Go Blue. And it has to be the best picture of that play in the whole country. And uh, it's a spectacular picture, probably one of the best pictures we've ever taken. And it was the biggest play of the whole season. I, I definitely agree. Because you got to win that game. You just have to. You didn't just get one great picture. You got a whole sequence of photos of the play breaking and Eric all running towards you and Penn State defenders scrambling to try to knock him out of bounds. It, it really was amazing. And like I said, not only is it great to look at the photos, but it's really cool to look at the, the gameplay on, on you know the game video because you can see you're right there and you're one of the only photographers there. Our roving photographer, Ryan Callahan there. Um, Ryan has been shooting for us at uh, at bowl games. So thanks to Penn State, it was really great that they allowed us to have two photographers, and especially for a big game like this, um, you really appreciate being able to cover. So Ryan, where were you uh, when this play happened? The strategy me and Dell take is, you know, anytime Michigan's coming our way, we'll kind of go opposite corners of the end zone that way. Obviously, if, if there's a big play to one side or the other one of us will get it and we won't both miss out on it and it's kind of what we always do so my i'm in the opposite the opposite pylon almost and thing that i remember the most is you know they were obviously a good ways away and the way we do it i mean with the camera i had i had the camera that is a little bit more you know close distance pictures and Either either way, I'm still I still happen to look through the lens and I see I'm following Cade. I see him let go of the ball and I follow it through the lens to Eric All, 
And all I remember thinking is, he's going to get tackled. He's going to go out of bounds. He's going to get tackled. He's going to. And I followed him through the lens of the camera for about 20 yards until, obviously, I'm still looking through, but it, it hit me like, holy crap, no one's tackling him. What happened? Like, because it just, knowing that Eric Hall was banged up, knowing that, you know, especially in that game, we hadn't had many, you know, big, big splash plays. And we were kind of, like Del said, with Haskins, we were banging five yards here, five yards there. And especially there in the second half, um, I remember the series before, there was that eerie feeling, the eerie feeling that, you know, kind of happened with the Michigan State game earlier in the year where everything seemed to be going our way, seemed to be going our way. And then all of a sudden we got hit in the mouth and things just turned. I remember, I think Cade, an interception the series of four was was fumbled it was a strip sack it was a turnover and that set Penn State up for the field goal to go ahead and it just remember thinking like how how are we gonna let this game slip away not like this and then um kind of another thing that it made me think of kind of ironic was I was standing next to Isaiah Hole um and it reminded me of probably I want to say it was three four years ago Michigan Michigan State the torrential downpour game in East Lansing. Um, me and Isaiah are standing next to each other. And again, we're at that point where Michigan football, we can't get over that Michigan state hump. We, we, and no, and in that game, we, we go into it, we should win. Everything's going our way. And then what happens? Torrential downpour. They delay the game and we're, we're playing on grass. We have the, the better offense. What's going on. And then, Shea Patterson hit Donovan Peoples-Jones for that long touchdown up the sideline. And I was standing in the same spot. I have the same pictures of Donovan Peoples-Jones running along the opposite sideline. And I'm standing next to Isaiah. And then in, in this last one in Happy Valley, standing next to Isaiah, and we have that same feeling. And neither of us even had to say it. Looked at him, and he, we're like, yep, not this again. And then Eric all busts the play, and I said, I had the pictures from the opposite side. The only cool picture I got was I had one with uh, with their coach, coach's reaction in the background, James Franklin. Um, but then as soon as the play's over, my first thought is what we've done many times is I ran over to Dell. And I was like, please tell me you got that picture. Because I looked over and I saw he was the only photographer in the corner. And I was like, man, he probably got some awesome shots. So I ran over to him. And I got to watch the whole sequence and very cool. I was very, I, I never had a doubt, but I was very happy to see the, the pictures that Dell did get. Well, and Ryan, you had shot at Penn state before you were there for uh, the game where Michigan had a chance to win late. So what was that like compared to that? So obviously, yeah, that was another one that was going through my head was, um, Obviously, it was a different game. That game started. Penn State got the best of us early, and then Michigan really dominated probably from like halfway through the second quarter all the way till the end, and we just came up short. But the thing that was, was similar was um, Penn State was real rowdy at the start. Their fans, their crowd, the stadium was really into it for both games in the start. And honestly, the one game that got up on us so quick years ago that uh, – or two years, years ago, they got up on us so quick that uh, – they kind of got a little calm, and then Michigan started taking over, and then, then of course, they woke up late. And this past game, that's what it reminded me of, was 
Michigan really took the air out of them for most of that game. And then all of a sudden it swung and you started to hear it built. You started to hear and feel it building up. And then just like that, we're in a real road atmosphere and all of a sudden we're down. And, you know, this team, the last time we were in that situation, I mean, we had a, we had a good win at Nebraska, but the last time we were in that situation was again at, at Michigan state. And we know how that game ended up. So I think, you know, in hindsight, not just that Eric all played, but just the the entire team to, you know, see that they learned from that Michigan State game and that they, the way they responded at Penn State really, in hindsight, tells me, like, how much they grew and how important that was for not just the standings and not just the Big Ten championship, but to, to beat Ohio State and Iowa and, and continue to play the way they were. Yeah, and that other Penn State game you were talking about was the 2019 game where Michigan had a chance in the fourth, you know, on fourth down and, um, you know, couldn't get it done after what would have been an amazing comeback. So what else did you see after the game while, uh, while everybody was exiting the stadium? One of the absolute, like you can't put, you can't put a price or anything on, on the experiences that we are lucky enough to have, um, being photographers for the website and being, you know, on the field is, uh, we get to see some things that a lot of other, you know, people don't get to see, and especially knowing that, you know, we're all big fans at heart. It's tough sometimes to not show it too much, but um, after the game, after the celebration, one of the cool things, pretty much, the team did like a huge team picture. They were, they were super happy. Like you could tell, they kind of got over um, a personal feat, a mountain that they've been they've been climbing. So, um, one of the coolest things I've ever seen, though. Once Gaddis got down to the field and he was waiting for Eric All and Cade to finish with their, their interviews, um, I have never seen Gaddis more fired up and I've never seen Cade um, and Eric All too, but I've never seen Cade smiling so much and so happy and just seem like he's so relieved at the same time. Like, Kate, uh, Gaddis was saying some things I, I won't repeat out of excitement and he was very happy and just pumping up Cade and basically telling him he knew he could do it. Cade, Cade was just, like I said, the biggest smile. And that's the, the picture I have is Cade smiling and then them hugging. And he just looked like just a huge weight was lifted off him because again, for all the reasons we said, I think, you know, to overcome that, um, everybody felt it. Um, so it was, it was super cool to see them embrace and, kind of see the behind the scenes there um and then i know something that me and Dell have talked about too and then you, you as well philip um this team we from that point we get to go to the press conference and i've never seen a team like back their quarterback more than they did um with kate like i'll never forget uh when they were switching the interviews and aiden hutchinson saying you know when Cade's getting up that's my quarterback like the terrell owens joke with with tony romo um it's my quarterback. Let's go. i think the team really was just overall so happy to see Cade succeed and to see uh you know us win that game share what your your faith that you have in Cade mcnamara and his ability to get you both the ball i mean I'm out there. He threw the ball before I was even looking. So, I mean, he, I was probably the best ball, like, I've seen him 
I mean, he throws a lot of good passes, but at least I caught from him. It was like, it was beautiful. Yeah, but uh, KB, my roommate, I always got, you know, he's, I have 100% faith in, in him and his, and, it, and his decisions. He's a smart player. Like, I mean, he's, 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 he's incredible. Yeah, I love Cade. Just to follow up real quick, he hasn't really, you know, hasn't had a many turnovers so far this year, but what kind of poise have you seen from him after that fumble? I feel like the, the uh, DN just made a good play. I mean, it wasn't Cade's fault. He didn't see the guy. So we all knew that, and he was ready to get back out there, and we just put a drive out, put a drive, and try to put, the, put away the game. We, you know, the fans may have doubted, people may have doubted, but in talking to the team after the game, they didn't doubt, you know, they, they, they were there for the moment. They, they stood up in the moment and Clint, you and I have talked so many times in past seasons about where it's a situation where somebody has to stand up, right? And you expect Cade McNamara because, you know, he's the quarterback, you know, he's been the leader all year. But you have somebody like Eric All who's been dinged up all season, and he he stepped up and and really made you know an amazing play, um, and you know it, it was really uh, an amazing moment, um, not only to 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 cover it but to see kind of this team kind of bounce back and just say hey they were down but they're not out and kind of announce themselves back that. Um, whatever happened against Michigan State wasn't going to happen again here. It's, it's certainly the type of team that um, that you don't know who it's going to be. I mean, is it going to be you that makes a big play? Is it going to be you that really steps up this week? Um, and we talked about that on, on Friday, right, Roman? I mean, uh, <laughs> is it going to be you, Roman? Uh, but you, you don't know who it is. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a – it's the kind of ball team, you know, when you're, when you're on a ball team and you, know, you just know somebody is. And, uh, and you know that uh, you're confident that it'll be you that steps up, you know, if it, uh, when it's your time to do that, you know. You know what if it comes down to, uh, you know, Josh Gaddis making the, making the winning call, you know. What if it comes down to Mike, Mike McDonald have to, having to make, are they going to be ready? Yeah, we, we, we all are really confident that they're going to be ready, you know. You know, if it's Eric All who gets thrown, we 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 know what's going to happen. You know, he's gonna he's gonna make it. These guys are just, uh, um, you know, they're really they've really trained for this, and uh, and they believe in each other. They believe in their ball team. How about those Wolverines? <laughs> That's not great. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think it puts a it puts a cap really on on what we've talked about through these first few episodes as we're recapping the season about all of that, uh, you know, kind of building those calluses, um, metaphorical calluses on your psyche by, by facing adversity and having answered the challenge. Because this game, uh, you know, the flow of this game, as I said, was, was really nerve-wracking because it felt like Michigan should have it in hand. Sean Clifford was really hurt. You know, he was clearly struggling. Penn State couldn't protect him. The, the Michigan D-line was just hammering Sean Clifford on this day. You know, I really gained a couple notches of respect for, for him as a player in terms of toughness uh, and kept executing in the face of adversity for himself. But Michigan scores to start the second half and go up 14-6, like you said, 
their next four drives, punt, 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 and then the major fumble where Cade McNamara got blindsided and sacked. And then now you're at this this moment. It's kind of the moment before the moment, right? We, we remember Eric All and the winning play, but standing there in the face of that adversity when Penn State takes over on the Michigan 24 with – it's about seven minutes left when Penn State takes over and the defense has to answer the bell and kind of pick up for the offense – and play complimentary football like we had mentioned before. And they force them to go three and out and give up a field goal to where, all right, now you bring your offense back out on the field and you've got a good kicker. You just need to get into field goal range to tie, take your chances in overtime and see if you can score to win um, in this defensive slugfest of a game. Right, But the defense really gave – Eric All and Cade McNamara, the chance at redemption. I felt like everything was going against us in that moment. Um, you know, they got the tud, two point, stopped us, strip sack, and, um, you know, we kind of just came together as a defense. And, um, you know, we're not going to let that uh, ruin our, our hopes in the championship. Or, uh, you know, we came together, fought that adversity, got that stop. It was crucial. That moment where they go three and out uh, inside, you know, right on the, the, border of the red zone there and can't mount any offense to put the game away that you don't have the Eric Hall moment if the defense didn't step up um, in their moment. So across the board, I think you really have to call this sort of a, a payday for all the work that was put in up to this point in the season in terms of building that mental toughness and resilience and having guys step up in big moments when other guys were hurt. Uh, Blake Corum uh, wasn't available in this game, so Hassan Haskins was starting to carry much more of the workload. Just a lot of the uh, – this is kind of a glue game, right, where you needed all of the glue guys to really step forward and, and, and do what was necessary to win a, a tough game on the road. You know, I, I have to say that um, this game in particular is one of the best games I've ever seen. You know, not not so much what happened on the field, but in that last quarter, the way the team stood up and the way it echoed throughout the rest of the season. You know, you knew that you had something special. And Clint, you and I have talked about this. In previous seasons, there's been opportunities and the team didn't necessarily gel at the right time right? Something would happen. Nobody would stand up. And you can't point to any single player because it's a team effort. But you could really see here that it didn't matter that Plate Corum was out, right? It didn't matter that Eric All was dinged up. This team rose up and, you know, was determined to um, go after their goals for the season. And, you know, I, I it, it was really amazing. And again, I think that this was truly the uh, one of the the true inflection points for the entire season. You're you're 100 right, and to add even more support for for saying that, especially when when you say that the defense had to bounce back, right? It, not only were they answering back for the the offense's uh, turnover, right, in their own end, but the the drive previously that 
tied up the score for Penn State was a 15-play scoring drive where they had multiple opportunities to, to kind of put Penn State away and get off the field and just didn't do it. And again, I have to tip my cap a little bit to, to Sean Clifford and his gutsy performance. Um, but they not only made some critical plays against that Michigan defense, stretched it out 15 plays, and then you've got the two-point conversion. So even after giving up the touchdown, the defense is standing there knowing you just have to stop the two-point conversion and you still have a lead, and that doesn't happen. So everything is sliding the wrong way when uh, when Cade McNamara is stripped and the defense has to come back out and, and flex, like you said. Um, and another really pivotal thing that, that is lost now until I just remember to look back at, at some of the stats is one of the major question marks for this defense from the beginning of the season and that we never really got uh, fully answered uh, through the middle of the season was could the secondary stand up against really talented receivers? Well, Jayon Dotson was certainly the best receiver that Michigan had played up to this point in the season through 10 games. And the whole thing was, man, just don't let Jayon Dotson blow up for 200 yards and three scores. Um, and really dominate this game that it was really hard to see that Penn state running game or any of Sean Clifford's other passing game options, um, being more, more of a threat than Jahan Dotson. So I remember telling myself, just keep him, keep him under 150 yards would be probably a solid performance. And if he scores, keep it to maybe one score. Well, Jahan Dotson catches the ball nine times for 61 yards and the longest play his longest reception goes for 17. So it was this game also where I started to think, you know what, this new defensive scheme and the way that they're mixing and matching coverages, along with some improved play by the uh, by the defensive backfield, you know, Jamon Green, I think DJ Turner kind of takes a step forward, stands up tall in this game, and you realize that uh, it's not a fluke, right, that his, his growth from 2020 to 21 – kind of crescendos here at this moment. And uh, and Vincent Gray is also solid here. And then obviously Dax Hill is great the entire season. So the secondary specifically really springboards here and kind of announces their their presence on the scene in this 10th game because Jahan Dotson torched almost everybody else that he faced when he was healthy and when he had Sean Clifford at quarterback. Michigan triumphs at Penn State and then heads on the road to Maryland. And, you know, with no disrespect to Maryland, it's hard at this point to not be projecting to Michigan, Ohio State. And, you know, there was a question. Michigan had this huge emotional win on the road at Penn State then heads down to Maryland. And now, as much as I'm not a big fan of Rutgers and Maryland being in the Big Ten, Maryland has beaten Michigan in football during the Hoke era. Um, I, you know, I, I remember that. And, you know, again, you don't want this to be a trap game, but it's really hard to not be thinking about Ohio State. Michigan comes in and just thumps Maryland 59-18, to um, up 24-3 at halftime, 
And uh, I would say the game was never really in question. Uh, Maryland scored 15 points in the third quarter to, you know, put some points on the scoreboard, but again, ends up 59-18. And um, once again, you have a game where um, Blake Corum is out. Now, not that Michigan would have needed him, but he sat out. Um, also had a game where um, Cade McNamara, you know, took the majority of the snaps at quarterback. But really, Michigan dominated this one all the way around. J.J. got in for, was 5 for 5 and threw for a touchdown. But again, this was really a tune-up game, a game that you wanted no injuries. And, you know, Coach Harbaugh called that out. Yeah, what does it mean for your team to have this opportunity now in front of you with everything on the line going to Ohio yeah, it means uh, means everything that was everything that was planned, built for, um, you know, all the all the energy that was put in, you know, since you know, way back in early 2021, you know, January, February, um, all the things that the guys have done, the coaches have done, um, you know, to put us in this uh, position. That's the position we wanted to be in, um, and. We want to finish it. We want to. We want to win all the marbles. So uh, we're in the position we want to be in now. Uh, we've been preparing for this really um, you know, the entire year, and now uh, bring that preparation to life this week. Play for it all. So I, outside of Michigan playing very well again on the road, you know, kind of getting the the road monkey off their back throughout the entire year here in 2021. Uh, playing a talented quarterback, Talia uh, Tagovailoa, definitely showed that he was dangerous, um, but that he would turn the ball over. And, and Michigan's defense got to have a really fun day getting after the quarterback and forcing him into mistakes to the point that where you see him almost give up um, physically on the field after throwing an interception and then just walking to the sideline as the, the intercepting player runs right past him, doesn't even attempt a, a tackle. So just really to, to kind of emphasize your point, it was really a complete performance um, and, and kind of dispirited that Michigan or that uh, Maryland team. Um, in special teams, we saw uh, kind of the trick play, right? This is the game that uh, Michael Barrett threw it back across to A.J. Henning for a touchdown on a kick return. I think they were up multiple touchdowns at the time. And uh, I remember that. That was probably the most dramatic moment of uh, watching that game live was everybody was freaked out that they had shown their trick play the week before you're going to play the Buckeyes. So um, people had clearly moved on uh, from this game to the next game. But I think it would be a, a, a big disservice to not recall that this was the Donovan Edwards game. This is when Donovan Edwards, the true freshman running back in Blake Corm's absence is given the opportunity to not only carry the ball, which he had to this point, um, you know, especially for a true freshman, but he announces his presence in the passing game here to a point that it had not been uh, announced um on the rest of the season. He catches 10 balls, 170 yards and a touchdown and absolutely shows that 
as a defensive coordinator preparing for Michigan, if you stack the box because of the way that Michigan is pounding the ball, this guy, Donovan Edwards, is the type of offensive weapon that can make that uh, heavy set uh, defensive front really a, a matchup problem if you try to cover him with a linebacker. And we've been on the wrong end of this multiple times in, in recent history, right? I remember Mike McCray trying to cover Saquon Barkley in Happy Valley, right? And that's what this game felt like, trying to watch the Maryland defenders uh, keep up with Donovan Edwards as he set uh, uh, all types of receiving records for, for freshmen and for running backs um, in this game. So I thought that that was really the, the main takeaway that all the rest of the Big Ten and specifically the, the Buckeyes and Columbus had a whole nother set of problems that they now had to deal with. And it wasn't necessarily on film from earlier in the season. Well, we've talked about this in the past, right? It's next man up. And, you know, I think about Michigan had some players leave before the season started, right? And there was some hand-wringing. Oh, no, what's going to happen? Zach Charbonnet left. Oh, my gosh, he looks so good. Well, you see Blake Corum and Haskins, and then you see Donovan Edwards, and you understand why players left, right? It's not that, um, you know, there's only one ball, right? And you see a player like Edwards, not only was it important for, you know, you think about like the strategic sense of, oh, it's another person that the, uh, that let's be honest, we're talking about Ohio state right now, right? Like, oh, wow. It's another, it's another wrinkle that Ohio state needs to prepare for. But not only is it that, but it's showing that Michigan's recruiting is starting to bear fruit. And, you know, if you're a freshman, there's a chance you're going to get in, right? This was a guy who was highly touted. And we'd seen him here and there, but as you said, he announced himself with authority and just really kind of blew everybody away with this performance. And again, not only had us excited for the rest of this season, but looking forward to the future as well. Yeah, that's a great point. And specifically beating Ohio State in the recruitment of Donovan Edwards. You know, that, that recruitment went uh, all the way down to the wire and uh, Donovan Edwards picked Michigan in a in a snowstorm after leading his team to a, a state title here in Michigan. So it, it was a big deal, certainly. I think Michigan took a couple opportunities through the season to highlight their freshman um, contributors, right? I, I think of Andrew Anthony uh, getting the, the spotlight in East Lansing, right, where he's uh, you know, kind of a hometown homecoming game for him, being from the Lansing area. And then Donovan Edwards being uh, kind of put into the spotlight in this game um, through the game planning and, and, and utilizing him as a, a versatile weapon, which was well reported. And certainly everybody was aware. And up until this point, the question was whether Michigan's game planning knew how to utilize such a weapon. And this, uh, you know, this opportunity was, was Josh Gaddis answering that emphatically yes right emphatically yes we know how to get Donovan Edwards involved in the passing game and if you're if you're sticking a box against Hassan Haskins which Maryland did pretty well 
after watching him run for 160 yards in Happy Valley. Maryland piled up the box and, and dared Cade McNamara to beat him. And uh, not only did Cade McNamara find success, uh, Michigan found success and made made the Buckeyes have to prepare for a whole nother set of problems, which was really, really encouraging um, going from week 11 into week 12 to the point that um, I think some folks in the fan base started to to wonder to wonder whether it was going to be make, worth it making the trip. Right. The, the, the attitude in Ann Arbor certainly wasn't jubilant, you know, heading into uh, the last game in November. But um, some doubt started turning to optimism uh, coming out of that Maryland game because there was it was a total and complete uh, performance that showed that Michigan was firing on all cylinders and that if if ever there was a time, this this might be the time. Next, in Episode 6 of the UMGoBlue.com 2021 Michigan Football Spectacular, Michigan linebacker Josh Ross calls out Ohio State chatter that Michigan was happy that the 2020 version of the game was canceled due to COVID. It's BS, to be honest with you. That's the game we always got second on our calendar and always want to play. And as a Michigan Wolverine, that's a, that's a game you would die for. And Jim Harbaugh lays out the stakes as Michigan prepares to face Ohio State in the game. It's a playoff game. The, the winner gets to keep playing and the loser does not. Channeling Bo and Woody, you know, blocking and tackling. Subscribe now to get this episode as soon as it drops. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for umgoblue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.